What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon trading card game's <laughs> premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good, energetic friend, JW Crewall. JW, how's it hanging today? It's hanging pretty well, Riley. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> is that the yeah, response was... to how's it hanging? It's hanging well? That's what we would say. What did you say? I don't know. I just I, we I don't think we responded with the word "hang" in as the response. You know. Okay, you just said it's good. Yeah, it's it's like going. It's good. It's fine. You know. Yeah, I used to do in middle school. I'd be I'd say like "peace up, a town down." I never really understood what it meant, <laughs> but I thought that, it was really cool. I've never heard of that, man. That sounds fake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's some lore for you yeah some jw lore some jw lore absolutely so <laughs> so what you been up to recently well just doing my coding stuff i mean it's it's been really boring i gotta say i'm doing kind of the same thing every day i doing the coding stuff working on my secret project Ooh. um i told i told you about this yeah I know. like a month ago i know, <laughs> I know. so i'm fine like it's actually coming to uh a logical ending like it's 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 actually I would say 90% of the way done of the first part. Um, <laughs> so still a long way to go for sure. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I keep teasing it and it's just like, I need to do it. I need to finish it. And I keep saying, okay, by the end of December, it will be ready for the second phase. Um, in any case, doing that, making some reads. I did some practicing this morning and nice. I made some dinner tonight. We had pizza. The first pizza was a sausage, mozzarella, and basil pizza. Wow. And the second pizza was a caramelized balsamic onion, mozzarella, and prosciutto pizza. Ooh, that, that one sounds really good. It, it actually was pretty good. I mean, they were both very, very I know. Good, I just but... love onions. Dude, I love onions, too. I mean, they're so freaking good. I uh... Onion pals. <laughs> I just put like huge quantities of onion into like every dish that I cook for dinner. <laughs> do you do you eat hot dogs with just a ton of onions? I don't really eat hot dogs very often. Well, and me neither. But when you have actually, hot dogs, do you actually eat it here in Wisconsin we're more into brats than hot dogs. Ah, uh, yes, so, true. And but on a brat, it's very difficult to have onions, <laughs> right? Like that's part of the it's part of the game. Yeah, onions <laughs> and mustard, right? Yeah, it's actually. So actually like heinous to use ketchup that's fair ketchup is for for uh plebs for sure maybe on hot dogs i do like ketchup in general like on a burger yeah, but, or fries ketchup is my go-to for sure yeah but not on dogs dude there's something about the mustard the snap of the <laughs> of the kielbasa or or dog and then the mustard is kind of that zip and then the onions you know oh it just happened the zip of course so what's been up with you riley you said you've been working about 50 hours a week here over the last month yeah well it's more like i'll work 40 hours one week and then 40 hours another week and then i'll work 60 hours the week following that or something like that or 70 one week but yeah it's a been a hectic month for sure um but i'm hanging in there i'm having a a good time nevertheless i actually haven't had pizza in a while and pizza sounds really good well, dude, I... come over. <laughs> yeah, take just... your take your COVID test. Yeah, come on over. That's a it's quite the hall over there, you know. It's, <laughs> it's 
feels kind of wrong after I just told my parents I wouldn't be coming home for Christmas to just yeah, drive home having, for a pizza. I know. We're having that same discussion right now with Anne's family, and we don't know how to handle it. I mean, it's it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one because you don't want to, you know, I think a lot of people's mental health is like kind of going going through the through the floor with kind of a lot of people, I'm sure, canceling Thanksgiving um, yeah. and then like potentially looking at canceling Christmas and you know, it's tough to be like, yeah, don't go hang out with your family after this year has been so terrible. But, um, you know, it could it could be the difference, you know, staying home could. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you obviously you're taking risks doing anything right. You take a risk driving to your family's house because you could get in a car accident. But um, this is special times. So we're in that conversation right now with our family on whether or not we still go for Christmas or not. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's a confusing it's tough it's weird to have those conversations um you know i'm still thankful for like the support system that they put around me actually i had a conversation with my my grandmother today she's she's 90 and really stir crazy you know she hates yeah having to stay around her condo um but she sent me this letter and it was so sweet and it had these um had these photos in it um it must have been ones that she's just had forever it's one of me is like a like a two-year-old with my dad mm. and it's so cute and then one with uh, my grandma and my um, my grandfather. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was like treasured moments. And I had a really nice conversation with her over the phone. And, um, you know, still, I, would, I guess the ultimate message I would give to anyone listening is, like, make sure you're still fostering, you know, those relationships, even in spite of, you know, physical barriers. Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously, it's tough to do that. Uh, I've I've certainly lost contact with a few people that I was... Yeah. You know, regularly seeing before COVID, but um, at the same time, I've worked really hard to, you know, maintain other relationships that I, you know, had kind of maybe not, not maybe forgotten, but just hadn't invested into. Oh, for sure. Know, before the pandemic. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. But let's dive into the deep, deep world of Pokemon cards and break down some barriers in this metagame. Uh, so we're coming off a couple of tournaments here. I mean, obviously, um, Tournaments are happening all the time, it feels like, these days. Um, mm -hmm. But a couple of note, we always like to comment on the Full Grip Online series, as well as that mm -hmm. uh, pretty large Shill TCG event, that free cash money tournament. I think around 400 people ended up, just under 400, ended up playing in it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's a really interesting snapshot into how the meta is looking. Uh, so let's talk through those. Um, let's start with the Chill TCG, just because it chronologically happened first. Uh, so in terms of meta game percentages, we're looking at Dash and ADP really, really uh, taking a large chunk of the field here. Um, twenty mm percent -hmm. of the field, which it, anytime a deck takes twenty percent, in my mind, that's just insane. Um, mm -hmm. And then we had you know decks like Pigram, Eternatus, Blacephalon, Sand Scorch, following not sure. too far behind here. But in sure. the end, uh, Pigram stood on top. So, and you know, JW and I, we were talking just before the cast about how Pigram is just kind of that evergreen deck and. You know, we had probably overhyped the impact that Colossal um, ultimately would have had on the deck. JW, what's your thoughts on Pikram coming out of this uh, this chill TCG event? Well, I think one card that Pikram can really effectively use uh, that a lot of other decks are kind of shying away from is Crushing Hammer. Um, and so I think that's a... Like, that. that to me is just so indicative of how powerful crushing hammer is just in general that you know you're seeing it come out of zosh and adp you're kind of seeing it come out of eternatus um 
you're seeing it generally out of something like Zosh and Luke Metal, but it's pretty consistently in just about every list of Picaram. And so that to me stands out as being just like, oh, you know, oh, that's interesting. You know, maybe a month ago we were seeing Crushing Hammer just kind of being slotted into everything, it felt like. Uh, maybe places where it wasn't necessarily you know, kind of synergistic with the rest of the deck, but it just kind of felt like we needed Crushing Hammer. And now we've moved away from a lot of the flips and people have tried to go for decks that are just, you know, more more consistent without the without the Crushing Hammer. Um, but Picaram has still persisted in that. So I guess that would be the card to me that kind of differentiates Picaram from a lot of other lists. It just makes a lot more sense to play it in Picaram because you get a little bit more versatility in the way that you draw cards. So you don't necessarily have to use those slots towards consistency, right? So you can you can draw cards very effectively with the Dene, which you probably play two or three of. You get, you know, Electromagnetic Radar, which is more search for those Dene. Um, you have the Speed Lightning as well. So there are just a lot of ways to draw cards that mean that it kind of opens up a few more spots in your deck and, you know, you fit those crushing hammer perfectly in there yeah i was actually gonna say uh, when you brought up crushing hammer that it fits in my opinion it almost fits the best in a peak round for a couple of reasons the first is like you said the draw power of peak ROM is there and i think crushing hammer you're gonna find it's most effective in the first two-ish turns of the game when you can yep. disrupt your opponent from like really getting off the ground so your eternatus isn't going to be able to attack if you get that crushing hammer off in the first couple turns the adp could be stopped from either altered creationing or ultimate rang which both of which is a big deal um and then the second reason i think pikaram so looping back first the, the first thing i think is really good you can draw cards really aggressively in those first two turns uh Picaram plays a lot of draw supporters and a lot of draw pokemon and esp lightning on top of all that um, so it's easy to dig through and find those hammers because it's fine you know if you're flipping one hammer turn one you know that's that's kind of small potatoes right but like when you're trying to flip two or three you're probably going to hit one of those energy on the first turn uh, when, right. that's when hammer is really effective uh, the second reason i think pikaram can use hammers pretty well besides it just being a straightforward deck um is that once pikaram starts to get a lead on a deck it pulls really far ahead thanks to full blitz and bolton um so if you get a free turn with Picaram, you've accelerated your opponent out of the game pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and the only other deck that really has that same exact effect is an ultimate ray from an ADP, which requires a uh, altered the creation The double prior. energy attachment. Right. Yeah. So that's what I think really solidifies Picaram is being able to use that strategy is the, the combination of factors was really a perfect storm. Um, and ultimately we see that just like we talked about in the last format, the disruption is still really key and being able to pull ahead and win these games. Yeah, that's that's super smart analysis. I think that's just dead on the money. Again, Crushing Hammer to me is just what differentiates Picaram from most of these other decks and certainly what helped it win the tournament. Um, you know, there were, like you said, a number of players over 380, I believe. Uh, and so Picaram just being that consistent deck with a little bit of disruption kind of sprinkled in was able to take it down. Mike Fouché, of course, coming away with the dub there. Yeah, and you can't forget, I mean, Picaram just really buys into the other, those other elements of disruption as well with the, the Raichu, the reset stamp, the heavy Marnie count. You know, there's just yeah. so much going on in Picaram that's you're just pointing at your opponent and saying, you know, can you get out of it this time? How about this time? How about this time? <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, honestly, decks that consistently do well are the ones that are asking the questions like that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's just amazing to kind of the the variety of attackers, like you were alluding to, right? You, you had the Bolton, which, I mean, obviously is very good in the early game uh, to accelerate your energies, but uh, great in the late game if you can manage to keep energy on board. You got your Pikachu and Zekrom, you know, Tag Bolt's amazing attack and Full Blitz, like really nice to, again, kind of lead into Boltons in the late game. Um, Raichu, well, and Raichu, obviously the, the paralyzed attack, but the GX attack also very good in certain situations. And then yeah, if you absolutely. play a Vikavolt V, um, you know, you're taking some matchup coverage against a deck like Blacephalon in that you can kind of item lock that deck out of the game, at least for long enough to, you know, set up bigger attacks. Yeah. And I think the Vikavolt in particular is a card that thrives more. And I think we talked about this before. It thrives more when you have access to your opponent's deck list. So in the actual tournaments, uh, as opposed to on the ladder, I think Vigavolt finds the most success because you know then when your opponent has burned their outs or when you know yep. their win condition is based on an item, so you can just stall them from a turn. And you know, like we keep emphasizing, one turn is a big deal for Pikaram. So um, certainly yep. not a surprise to see Pikaram continue to thrive, especially you know as more and more people have gotten off the colossal train. Um, Still not completely out of the metagame, but definitely not thriving. And honestly, even not thriving in the Picaron matchup. That's... Yeah, right. Right. So, so then kind of as a as a slight parallel, we also saw some pretty um significant placements for the Mewtwo Lightning deck. Yep. Um obviously Pedro won a I believe this is the limitless weekly tournament um that had, you know, about two hundred players uh a little bit earlier in the week, um, but then we see it here in this uh, cash GG Tour tournament, taking both sixth and seventh place. Kind of talk me through the differences between Pikaram and Lightning Mewtwo, and why you would want to choose one over the other. Yeah, so I think Pikaram thrives on on being very straightforward and having that disruptive element. Um, the the Mewtwo deck obviously is significantly less invested in disrupting your opponent. Um, with the upside of having much more versatility. Um, so, you know, you have stuff like the the Surfetched, which you only need in Aurora Energy to stick around for one turn to really take advantage of that Surfetch, which can be a really big deal in some matchups. Uh, you have things like the access to Full Blitz and the Raichu on the same Pokemon is a big deal. It lets mm. you Full Blitz a little more greedily because you, ha- you know that you have flexibility with your next attacker. Um, so I think where the Picaram deck thrives in its disruptive elements, the Mewtwo deck thrives in its flexibility. Um, and what makes the the electric version do really well compared to the the fire version, in my opinion, is it's just it's so much more straightforward and easy to pull off. Um, you know, with Wilder decks, you're really relying on getting your hearths down, which is honestly not an easy thing to get sticking around these days with all the chaotic swells. Um, you're also relying on consistent welders turn after turn and chaining those, yep. which is yep. obviously not a guarantee, especially in a reset stamp Marnie heavy metagame. Um, so whereas I would say the the welder Mewtwo, uh, I guess somewhat <laughs> intuitively based on the name, is kind of a run hot deck, whereas the Lightning Mewtwo is a has that flexibility similar to Welder Mewtwo, but sure. is much more straightforward in its game plan and and like sure. accessing that game plan, I would say. Sure. I want to take a moment to um, say hello to chat. Thank you guys all for joining in live tonight. If you are listening uh, the day after or the week after on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, we 
run it. Uh, we run the whole podcast as a Twitch stream. So if you'd like to join us and join in the conversation live, twitch.tv slash Munner, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So Jolly Flying Man says, can we talk about the return of Blounds? And uh, uh, saying that they went six and three in that tournament. And of course, it got second. And it also won the Full Grip Online Series tournament number six from yesterday. So let's kind of talk about Blounds. Um, I'll throw my two cents in and just say that, you know, this was a deck that I had kind of been pushing, you know, because I had thought that it has some very good matchups across the top tables. And really looking at the matchups, I think um, you generally are favored in pretty much everything unless maybe Pikaram or the the Lightning Mewtwo could get like a quick Vikavolt. But I generally look up and down. Tag team decks are, again, generally favorable. Uh, ADP, I found, hasn't been as bad of a matchup as I initially thought. Um, you have things like Scorch, which is generally favorable. And then things like Eternatus, which is pretty close to um, an auto win in this format. So... Um, I don't know, just your thoughts on Blacephalon and and maybe has it has it risen to kind of being among those tier one decks in your opinion, or is it still in that tier two um, set of decks where it, you know, maybe could spike a few tournaments, but generally speaking, maybe isn't as consistent or powerful enough to compete with the best? Yeah, I, I've kind of given my same thoughts on Blacephalon for a while and the fact that I think it's a really strong deck, but... Um, struggles to really break through to being the top tier of deck because of its inherent inconsistencies. Um, I think it, like you said, it has potential to take down anything for the most part, and that the meta is kind of lined up well for it. Um, but there's just a lot that can go wrong, in my opinion, with the deck, and I think that's part of just Wilder decks in general. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily inherent to Babel Cephalon. Um, but Babel Cephalon is not only relying on chaining Welders, but it's relying on drawing up ridiculous amounts of energy, which isn't necessarily a problem um but it certainly can be and so for me personally it's not a deck that i prefer um, because i would Mm -hmm. prefer to have a more straightforward strategy and honestly like for the people who have been listening for a while that's i mean it's clearly showed i've shown incredible bias towards the lightning deck so um (laughs) sure so you honestly probably have looks like better thoughts than me on the on blacephalon just because i do have a little bit of bias against it um yeah but i uh not a huge fan of the strategy, but I do think it's it's still strong. Like, don't get me wrong, it's strong. Yeah, it can take sure. down any tournament. Sure, um, it's, sure. You know, when I compare, like, Blacephalon to a Colossal deck, I think the Colossal deck is just really not getting anywhere, but the Blacephalon deck, like, could win a tournament, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I don't mean to, you know, kind of ask you the same questions week by week, but, no, you're you know, good. we're, we're <laughs> looking at these... You know, we're looking at these weekly shifts where it's, it, it, it's almost like flavor of the week, you know? There are just so many tournaments, and... You know, you can look at stats to an extent uh, when you're making a deck choice um, and you're looking at results, but then at a certain point, you have to kind of go on this intuition and just kind of what you feel is good because at the end of the day, people are just, you know, they're not making necessarily a stats-based choice. They're making, um, you know, a feel-based choice based on the metagame. And in any case, sorry to keep asking all these uh <laughs> these questions week by week but again these these blounds i was saying it last week i thought that blounds was good you said this pretty much the same thing you said this week but the difference is like there are just more results again that second place finish in uh the biggest tournaments um 
of the last month and then of course uh winning in the full grip tournament i think just you know maybe could have changed an opinion yeah i, I think my opinion is slightly warmer to blounds um but it's still not a deck that i would take into a tournament and honestly i don't think that would change really mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah sure sure so um any other like rising stars or or falling stars on the radar right now my i mean my second favorite deck right now um i mean i think you look at objectively like pikachu and zekrom having some some ridiculous amount of wins i believe it's nine wins over the last couple of weeks uh just far and away the most winningest deck of of any of them but um i like blocephalon and i also really like eternatus and i've been talking to my twitch chat about eternatus and I've been, you know, really kind of promoting Eternatus as a uh, really viable archetype right now. And I think, again, it's it kind of feels like Blounds, but just doing, you know, in a different color, I guess. Like, you're just trying to hit <laughs> as much damage as possible. And you really yeah. prey on these tag team decks and these VMAX decks. And that's pretty much what there is at, at the top, right? There's just tag teams and VMAX. We're seeing a little bit of, like... Decidueye, Obstagoon, but but really, you know, the ADPs, the Mewtwo's, the Picaroms, the Sentascorches are pretty much what's dominating right now. So uh, Eternatus does a really good job of hitting those numbers, hitting those high numbers, being able to um, just out smash the opponent. And I think we're seeing it uh, perform, you know, particularly well as compared to uh, maybe the past, you know, few weeks, maybe the beginning of November. Yeah, and I think Eternatus can... It ebbs and flows, I would say, right? Like, it sometimes it'll find that exact right place where people aren't playing a lot of energy disruption and it comes up and just really takes a toll on the metagame. And then, you know, more and more decks slot the hammers and then Eternatus cowers back. Um, and then people stop playing the hammers because it doesn't really fit into all their decks and Eternatus yeah, comes yeah. back again. You know, so... Yeah. Uh, that said, I think some of these decks that we've pointed out as being really good... Um, can kind of struggle at versus Eternatus. Picaram, I think, has no like a pretty close Eternatus matchup, but that's pretty much predicated on the Crushing Hammers. Um, whereas more disruptive decks, um, or sorry, more straightforward decks that don't have that disruptive element, like the Mewtwo variant, um, can really struggle versus that 270 damage coming out, especially if there's some way to either get past the big charm or remove a tool. Um, so I totally agree that Eternatus has been in a pretty good spot lately. Um, I don't really see that changing for them at like a high level um mm-hmm. you know individual tournaments your mileage may vary but and especially yeah, sure. i think the 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 less people are playing zashian luke metal the more eternatus thrives because obviously like samzenta has been a huge problem for eternatus and will continue to be a huge problem until there's some like insane dark one energy attacker or something yeah right 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 <laughs> but um you know the semi scorches are and the Blounds are so intimidating to the Zacian Luke Metals that, you know, then the Eternatus can take advantage of that as well. So it's really interesting how all these decks really feed off of each other's um, metagame impact almost. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it's, I guess you could kind of say it's triangly, but I don't really think it's quite like that. It's just like there's this weird... It's almost like when you got the crazy person, like, connecting all of the newspaper clippings that's that's how this metagame feels where it's like everything connects to each other but it's in some bizarre way that's like offshoot of something else 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's like kind of a good thing to keep in mind is like right now, maybe more so than any other time in the past that I've played, like there hasn't been one deck that like, maybe you could say Pikaram has certainly like risen above the rest, maybe, um, but there are like some pretty hard counters to it. Um, but just like you said, you know, flavor of the week where it's like, okay, if, if people are just feeling this deck, then the whole, uh, you know, poster board with all the connected pictures, you know, <laughs> changes just slightly to, to favor that deck. And, um, it just is very volatile right now, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think volatile is a, an apt descriptor. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to touch on Eternatus again, um, just in terms of what build you might play. You mentioned that, of course, we talked earlier on the podcast about Crushing Hammer and about its impact in the format right now. And so to me, Eternatus probably works a little bit better straying away from the Poison variant and um, more toward a Zigzagoon scoop-up net variant with a higher count of basic energy to try to get a power accelerator off. There often comes in these games that tipping point, I, I really often talk about it when I'm when discussing these energy denial decks, but you know, at a certain point, they run out of those energy denial uh, <laughs> cards. So if you can get to that point, and have enough energy on board, then you usually come out ahead. Again, like you're saying, yeah. the crushing hammers are a generally big part of the matchup with Picaram into Eternatus. Um, and so is there much merit to playing one version over the other? Do you think that there are any choices that people can make when maybe building Eternatus to kind of account for the current metagame? Sure. I I don't have any like especially strong feelings. I think I've generally enjoyed the the consistency of the of the scoop up version and the fact that you're not playing like extra stuff like there's no evolution lines really there's um, extra outs to switching with the scoop up nets which is really nice especially for getting off those power accelerators early um, but of course like the poison variant has a better matchup versus Luke Metal it has a better matchup versus Seni Scorch. So, you know, there's merits to each. I think it kind of depends on the metagame you're expecting. I think in a peak around focused metagame, the, the scoop up net version is easily better because you don't need the, the extra damage from the poison, really. The scoop up nets will get you there. Right. Like, it's really all you right. need is a couple pings on a Raichu and you're good. Um, and then you don't have to worry about like these extra liabilities, like a, you know, a slow bro getting KO'd early on or something. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would say that. In the current metagame, probably you're right. The scoop up net version is a little bit better, um, but I don't think it's like so much so that it uh, that it should really like impact you if you have, have a hard preference one way or the other, because um, mm -hmm. you could just as easily run into like a, a loop metal and wish you had a poison sure. or something. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Any other decks that you want to specifically call out? I mean, I think we've talked about quite a few of these over the weeks. Um, it seems right now that that the the top contenders really just are those Dashi and Eternatus, Picaram, Blacephalon, uh, and Sandy Scorch with like Lightning Mewtwo and Luke Metal kind of hanging on the fringe there. Um, yeah. You know, I'm ex I'm sure there's other decks that are out there and, and thriving. Um, you know, Whimsicott can spike an event if there's a lot of like Mewtwo's or something. Uh, sure. <laughs> or Colossal can maybe pick up a win one day. Um, but it seems kind of like we've settled into that groove, and it's just more about how these decks thrive off of each other and 
in their presence. Yeah, and there are some slight variations that can be played. I mean, one variation that I've seen pretty recently in, you know, among these decks is like uh, Blacephalon trying to counter Vikavolt in lightning decks by playing just a higher count of basic energy. And some yeah. of these lists I've seen going up to 19 fire. Yeah, to... 19 was great. Is the is the message people keep posting in chats on Twitch. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. It's theme deck hours out here. But uh no, I mean obviously that's but that's just like one little um you know snapshot of how people could yeah, there, there's still innovation to be done, is all I mean to say. Like the game isn't isn't completely stale. There are still things that you can do to try to combat your your bad matchups. No, and that's a that's a super solid point. Um, and while we're hitting off solid points, JW, I think now is a perfect time for you to rattle off your card of the day. Yes, well, the card of the day this week is very relevant to the TCG um, news over the last week. Yuri Geller was uh, someone, an illusionist, a Russian illusionist that had a copyright claim on Kadabra. I don't quite know. It wasn't really a claim. It was more like an agreement. (laughs) Yeah, a grievance. That's a good way to put it. In any case, there was there's a reason that there's only been something like seven cadaver cards ever printed. So my card of the day is the last cadaver card to ever be printed in the Sky Ridge set. So of course, Sky Ridge, um, you know, pretty old, right? In that kind of e-reader style with the with the <laughs> swipey bars on the side, and um, that was the last cadaver ever printed. Now, there were some ways that. Pokemon tried to get around this loss of Kadabra because since since Sky Ridge, there has not been any like hint of Kadabra. Like it has not, I don't think, appeared in any kind of cameo on nope. another card. It hasn't had its own card. It has been just like completely absent from the trading card game. And so there's been a few ways that Pokemon has tried to get around this Kadabra issue and one of the ways was in mysterious treasures they printed an abra that had an ultra evolution attack for a couple of energy search your deck for an alakazam and put it on abra so you're just completely skipping the cadabra you know the only way they in fact i mean of course they didn't print a cadabra so the only way uh when mysterious treasures was released to get out your alakazam was to go and you know either use a rare candy or the ultra evolution on the abra the funny uh, thing Alakazam. about that in particular is you might be saying this, but the the cadaver yeah. is still in the corner on the Alakazam, <laughs> like it evolves. Oh, it the is. Cadaver. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's so. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in that side corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so wild. Um, and that's. I mean, that was pretty relevant because that Alakazam had some use. Um, it has a pretty good ability being able to discard a couple of cards and uh, prevent your opponent from using a poke power. So it had some utility, which is just, it's just interesting uh, to <laughs> note. And then the other ways that of course, Pokemon has tried to get around this problem because Alakazam is that I, I would slot it in the same kind of nostalgia tier as maybe Gengar, you know, it just has, it's, it's an original OG 150. Um, Pokemon that a lot of people really aspired to have, you know, it's certainly, I see an Alakazam and I'm, you know, and it's like, yes, that is uh, a Pokemon that I recognize that a lot of people recognize that a lot of people really enjoy. And so they have to keep printing these cards. They can't just like let it fall into obscurity. It can't be, you know, Mantike 
you know, they can just only print one of those cards, you know, and no one really cares. No, they have to keep printing Alakazam somehow. <laughs> so of course they had the Alakazam GX and, or EX and Mega Alakazam. Uh, and then they also had, of course, the Alakazam V from Vivid Voltage. So also I just wanted star. to give a sh- say what? There's a star as well. Oh, yes, of course. There's the Alakazam gold star as well. So <laughs> just wanted to give a shout out to Kadabra. He's coming back at some point. I hope they do something like really f- splashy, like they make like a 444 line or something of Alakazam where they just put a bunch of Kadabra in there uh, to make up for lost time. <laughs> yeah. I was, we were talking in our group chat. I was like, yeah, they should just reprint the Kadabra for like every type of card they've ever made. Like a EX Kadabra, <laughs> a GX Kadabra, a, yeah. a tag team Kadabra and Kadabra tag team GX. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> just to really go ham with it. Have a set that's just Kadabra. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah, it's called Shining Cadavers. <laughs> Shining <It's>... Cadaver. <laughs> a hidden Cadaver, maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've been hidden for so long. Yeah, there you go. I'm that definitely a, yeah. definitely pro Cadaver in, this, big in brain. this movement. So Big brain. It's super fun. Um, also, speaking of shiny, hidden legends, fates, kind of sets, um, they're... They did reveal all of the new shiny Pokemon that are going to be in the new... Uh, gosh, I, I forget the name. It's some combination of the words like shiny, hidden, mystery, fates, it, legend. It's shining fates. Shining fates. Shining fates. There we go. Yes. <laughs> you combine some of those words together and you get the the special sets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. Like, I like the kind of progression. Yeah. Uh, you know, hidden fates and then shining fates. And, like, they both use the... Like, it's very clear that they had planned these out to be kind of subsequent sets and maybe there will be a third set, you know, um, secret fates, something like that. Right. Like you could easily see this being just the nomenclature for these kind of special hidden sets, or maybe, maybe they're looking to, um, kind of group it by block. So maybe this, this particular block is, you know, the fates block and then we'll have, you know, some other naming, scheme for when the next games are released in any case shining fates is the official name of our february special set but i just gotta say i'm so excited to get some shiny mad partiers i'm definitely gonna get a full (laughs) set of those guys it's gonna be so awesome yeah (laughs) and i'm gonna commit to the bit i'm gonna get those guys unless they're just like absurdly expensive Somebody was saying in our group chat that they have uh, pins. Yeah, they are. The they're going to have pins on of all the Mad Partiers um, in one of the box sets. And of course, I'm going to be got, getting those. Um, yeah. So that's going to be super cool. And I'm just <laughs> yeah, you're going to you're going to be really cool, Riley. <laughs> Mad Party rocks, bro. It doesn't have yeah, to be a dude. good deck to rock. Hey, I'm I'm happy for you, bro. <laughs> Sorry that you can't appreciate the art. Hey, I'm just happy you're living your truth, man. I'm I'm just happy yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah, no one says living your truth like, <laughs> sincerely. I don't think. <laughs> but I wanted to pose a question both to chat and to you, JW. What Pokemon do you wish there was a shiny card for? Shiny Pokemon wish list. 
Uh, well, my favorite Pokemon is Dragonite, and I don't remember the last time that there was a shiny Dragonite. I could just you like be Dragonite shiny. Some people don't. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of weird, right? Because it's green. Yeah, but... it's very green. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I'm trying to think of one that they don't have, to my knowledge, and I think it'd be Dragonite. That's my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, that'd be cool. There's no real Dragonite cards that would make a good candidate for that right now, are there? Uh, not that I can think of. Yeah, all of them are all, you know, the basic Dragonites. I don't think that there's a there's a Dragonite V yet, so. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, a Charizard would be fun. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's that. what we need. More Charizards, man. Yeah, I was just just thinking that we didn't have enough please, shiny Charizards. Like, collectors are dying out here. <laughs> they're really gasping for air. <laughs> I mean, they're drowning. They don't, need enough, they don't have enough Charizards. So, yeah. <laughs> we could throw yeah, them one, up. I mean, there are a few that I really particularly like, uh, just shiny new car or new Pokemon, like the um, shiny Dragapult, I think looks very cool. Shiny we've, we've talked, so like, cool. We've talked a long time ago about our favorite new Pokemon. And I, I think we were both like pretty much in agreement that like Dragapult was like at the top. I feel like Dragapult's insanely popular from this generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> I think it looks real fresh. Yeah, he is fresh, dude. I bred a shiny Dragapult in the game, and it took me forever. <laughs> wow. I am impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took way longer than it statistically should have. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, sure. Well, yeah, I'll was... pose the same question back to you, and uh, before I do uh, chat, if you have any general questions, we'll open the floor up to you guys uh, here in just a moment. But yeah, what what is your kind of shiny card that you wish that they would make um good question i mean i'd want to say pichu but like Pichu's is not getting cards man that's just not happening so um if there's another pokemon i think would be fun to have a shiny for um who's a cool shiny i would love to like see like umbreon Umbreon's already had Umbreon's, a shiny in Umbreon's so in basic. Fates, but... Umbreon is so basic. Uh, I would love to see something like cooler, like like a shiny Trevenant is really cool looking. It's like white okay. and red. Um, some other Pokemon that is, I would love to see like a shiny Porygon Z would be really cool with the blue oh. and white. Um, yeah, something fun, something that's like a, a more interesting because I feel like Pokemon shinies are either like just a slight recolor or they're something completely off the wall and i love the off the wall mm. shinies that just like remix how you look at the pokemon um sure. that like porygon z i could like imagine having the acceleration porygon z but it's you know it's blue and white that would be so cool yeah yeah i uh, it's just pokemon is genius because they <laughs> do things where they take you know this basic form and then they'll make it shiny right and that was like the first like innovation right shiny pokemon it's the same but it's different you know it's the same but it has a new color scheme like that's amazing okay and that how many possibilities does that open up it doubles it right for the number of pokemon and then you have the different regional forms like how cool is that like i can you're saying that i can have you know meowth and galarian meowth and alolan meowth and all have shinies 
Like, what the heck? It's so crazy. I Pokemon is just genius the way that they have uh, incorporated just the same, like they take the same design and then just kind of tweak it a little bit. And all of a sudden, boom, it's a new thing and beautiful. And I do think I they, they need to it. make a few more Meowth forms. That's what I was banking on. We need more Meowth forms? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love like a Meowth, like greedy stance or greedy version or something. Isn't it's Meowth got, like, already 10 greedy? coins. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be impressive. What? Like a, like a halo of coins or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> It just is made fun. of it's made of coins. I don't know why, but I just I love the meowth forms because they're always really goofy. <laughs> so we yeah. could get a few more of those. I want to have a team that's just all meows. The, different. Is it is it the Alolan Persian that looks just horrible with the like fat it, face? It's, sty it's styled after something. I it's like some sort of like primo cat that they shave in a particular way to be like have a fat head. But yes, that is Alolan Persian. <laughs> oh yeah it looks terrible it looks terrible that's that's my you know i everything that i was just talking about about the different versions like you can rescind when we're talking about alolan persian because that thing is terrible an aberration i don't think on pokemon i think he's fun <laughs> oh that's just your opinion man what's your opinion on like alolan radicate man alolan radicate let me make sure i am looking at it because I think I like it. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's chunky. chunky. Yeah, yeah. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He's cute. He's weird. He's cute. Yeah, what I... This is my kind of my take. I don't know if you feel similar. I feel like the Alolan forms were more, like, fun, goofy. Um, whereas the Galarian forms are, like, actually just, like, a remixed new Pokemon. Yeah, I feel that way, too. I think they did... They they were experimenting with the Alolan forms, and I, I almost wonder if they weren't, like, going to continue them just because <laughs> Alola... Like, the Alolan region was so different from the other regions, yeah. I, I feel. Um, and then... And then they were like, oh, wait, this is actually just a genius idea, and we need to run with it. And then they... I don't want to say they put more effort, because, like, obviously they're putting a ton of effort into this kind of <laughs> stuff. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I do feel like they mixed it a little bit better with kind of the industrial uh, setting of the game, right? Yeah. And and yeah, like you said, remixed those Pokemon very well. So we got a question in chat here from 20 Wild. What Pokemon do you want to see get a V or VMAX card? So let's stick with the VMAX. What Pokemon would you like to see get a VMAX? Uh, well, I, I'm assuming that this is just any VMAX, like you could make a Pokemon have a VMAX in the game. Because I'm not entirely well, sure, like, the entire forms of VMAX, but I would love to see, like, a Cinchino VMAX. <laughs> I don't know what it would look like, but I stare, I stare at this little plushie on my desk every day, and I always wonder, like, what other forms could they give Minchino and Cinchino? That would be pretty fun. <laughs> Those guys are so nice and fluffy and cute. I, uh... Right. Hmm. Do VMAX... I would love to see Arceus, Dialga, and Palkia VMAX. <laughs> <laughs> takes, it, uh, it takes three prizes when you knock out a Pokemon. Yeah, it's just on its attack, and its attack does 300 damage or something. For two energy. That'd be <laughs> gas, dude. I would play that card for sure. Oh, would you? <laughs> it's weak to fairy. <laughs> 
So, all right, well, good. Riley, um, let's, let's do one, one last kind of question from me to you is you're playing in a tournament this week. I, are you playing in the tournament this week? I feel like, you know, we should, we should play a tournament this week, man. And what's coming up this week? Well, that, there's, there's always something. It's pretty much every day is something, but in any <laughs> case, <true. laughs> if you were playing a tournament this week, what are you taking? What's your deck? That's not Pikaram. I know you're gonna, you're probably going to say Pikaram. Don't say Pikaram. That's not Pikaram. What's like your second choice? Is that include Lightning Mewtwo as well? Because I was going to say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you could say that. Well, I was going to say Lightning Mewtwo, regardless of if he banned Pikaram or not. Um, uh, just because I want to okay. kind of get my feet wet with it. Um, sure. Outside of those two, I would play Eternatus. Gotcha. Because I don't really gotcha. like playing ADP. Um, but Eternatus is just fun. Does a lot of damage. Yeah. So, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Do you hear me? Oh, great. Really I do. I do. Really. Putting down there. What would you play, GW? I would play Blacephalon easy, man. I think it's pretty cut. Blacephalon or uh, or Eternatus. Those have been my two that I've just been. You just love the biggie numbers. I just love them. Yeah, they're great. They're great. <laughs> so, speaking of great, I want to just say one more time a thank you to all our listeners, to all the people in chat. Thank you guys once again for making this week so special. We're here every week, aren't we, Riley? We sure are. We've been so consistent every week. Ridiculously and, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little, you know, while other podcasts ebb and flow, nothing wrong with that. But we are always here for you guys. And uh, <laughs> we hope to continue that into the future. So I just want to say a huge thank you. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, please make sure to like, review, the channel. Uh, it helps a lot. The more, you know, the podcast gets reviews, the more people are interested in the podcast, the more it shows up on, you know, potential feeds. And so it's a big deal. It really is. We can't overstate it. I mean, it's like adding a comment to a man. YouTube video or something like that. It helps algorithmically. And uh, it makes us feel good because we get to see, you know, kind of <laughs> what you think about the show. Right. And if there's things that you like or don't like all that feedback is really important to us. Absolutely. And also be sure to follow us on both Twitter and Twitch. So our Twitter handles are Mouth of Riles, Real John Walter, and Tag Team Pokemon. And then on Twitch.tv, if you want to watch the stream live, you can check us out on Twitch.tv slash Munner. And then JW streams on Flex Daddy Righteous. With That's that, right. we appreciate you guys as always. And we will catch you next time. Peace. See ya.